0: Welcome to one more thing before you go in today's episode we're going to have a conversation with a woman that sees dead people we're going to learn about recognizing messages from our guardian angels and or loved ones that have passed on as well as the power of meditation this is the first of a trilogy that starts on this subject and it runs through the next two episodes so this will only take place this week and next week hope you enjoy. My guest today is an internationally known clairvoyant medium, Debbie Anderson. She was born in England and has experienced spirit-communicating phenomenon from an early childhood, including those that have passed over to the other side. In her words, she sees dead people. But she also has a unique insight to what we perceive as angels and demons and how they incorporate into our lives. I'm excited about our conversation today. I think we're going to learn a lot. We're going to open our eyes to the many possibilities that exist, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Michael. I'm really pleased to be here today.
0: Well, we are pleased as well. I only touched a little bit on the many gifts and the knowledge, as well as the experience that you've got. Can you tell me a little bit more about you and your multitude? Thank you.
1: I, I love that because the the comment that I, I say to people is I see dead people and it can open a conversation or it can close it down very, very quickly. So I, I, I look at the uh, responses from people. Basically, I'm a clairvoyant medium. And uh, what that means in terms of I see, I hear, I feel, I smell. Not me personally, but I can smell things, I can hear things, I can feel things, and when I get the um, the information through from guides, helpers, and those that have passed into spirit, uh, ancestors, if you like, uh, people that we've loved and uh, you know spent time with on in this incarnation, they um, can communicate with me in so many ways, and I always say to people, it's like getting a jigsaw puzzle out of the box and then realizing there's no photograph on the other side. So I have to piece it together based on maybe a metaphor or a symbol. Um, You know, I might get an image or I might smell something or I'll feel something. And then I have to package it all together. And the one thing I will say is spirit, when they communicate with me, uh, and I don't know if it's just me or everybody, uh, that they don't ever put a period at the end of a sentence. So sometimes it can be explaining something and I'm I'm getting all these images and all this information and I'm starting to share it and I'm like oh I think we switched conversations here. Yeah. <laughs> it says to me sometimes I, I never know we switched gears you're talking about something completely different so I think many of us can relate to that so I sort of have to stop and back up a bit and then go forward with I think we've started a new conversation or I think we've gone in a different direction now so yeah that's that's me um as I always say, warts and all, (laughs) I'm a a mixed bag. And, uh, you know, my mum refers to me as one of them, she's one of those. And I'm never quite sure what one of those is. You know, (laughs) so she's never quite embraced what I do. And yet I found out many years after my grandmother had passed a spirit that she actually would sit with people. And of course, we're going back to an age in the 60s, early 60s, where people would have tea in a teapot, not in a tea bag. And she would, you know, not always drain the the tea leaves out. And she would have conversations with neighbors and So we would define that as tea leaf reading. So she was obviously gifted in that respect as well, although it wasn't something that she ever, you know, outwardly says, I'm a clairvoyant or, you know, I'm a psychic or things because she'd have probably been burnt at the stake.
0: (laughs) Different world.
1: Yes, it is. We're very, very uh, lucky. I I feel very, very blessed being in our world uh, at the moment. And that uh, there is so much information available to us if we're open to receive it or when we're open to receive it, regardless of what it is.
0: Well, I think that there is a larger spirituality type atmosphere starting to grow within the world. Yeah. I think people are starting to open their minds and their hearts and and starting to pay attention to what's going on this way. The negativity across the the world, actually, not just the United States, but in Canada, in the United Kingdom and everything, it is kind of a, um, a worldwide thing that everybody's feeling it, and I think mm-hmm. that that expands upon itself. Well, the same thing on the other side of it. I also see positive show. You know, we've had people, at least here in the U.S., um, when you see neighbors in neighborhoods and uh, business owners and people helping other people through this yeah. whole pandemic situation, they're cooking food, they're donating, mm-hmm. they're they're making sure everybody gets gets that's hungry gets to eat. They're you know packing groceries for people. There are caring and more empathy and compassion is, is kind of thing starting to show a little bit more. So I'm kind of thankful for that part of the yeah. spiritual awakening.
1: Me too. and I think uh, in America they had the same as in Canada. I think it was on the 27th of May they had this big drive for food. Um, and I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, uh, the response was the response was overwhelming. Uh, they, they broke records with the amount of food that refilled the food banks because you know, there are many people that can't afford food or uh, are on lower income so can't afford to, um, you know, Give their families all the things that they want. The the one thing that I sort of been trying to say to people, especially whenever you know, we we sort of had this conversation before. With there are some people pro this and against that, but you know, kindness kindness is something we all have within us. You know, we've just got to step back and stop. I always say to people, take the breath, <laughs> take the breath first, and then think about this. You know, many many years ago, uh, before all this happened. Uh, somebody said to me, oh, you're always sweetness and light. You've, you, you've, you've got a lovely life. Everything's so easy for you. And I, I went, whoa, just step back a moment. Until you've, I think it's "till you've walked a mile in my moccasins is the saying, you can't determine or define what somebody's life is like. Somebody may be happy and smiling and behind all that is absolute terror and chaos going on, but they choose not to be that way. Yeah, we just have to be a little bit kinder, you know, so maybe the person that isn't wearing the mask has a breathing problem. You know, uh, I was in the grocery store last week, and somebody was coughing. And of course, sadly, people started to move back. And I moved forward to this person and said, you know, are you okay? You know, do you need some water? You know, those kindness things that we should do that you know, we shouldn't be scared of anything. I think this is a good Samaritan that is within all of us. We just have to sometimes have it activated, as I, I say to people, because I sort of got a bit bossy at that point and sort of told somebody to go and get some water for the person. And, you know, maybe they needed a seat or something like that. So, you, you know, I <laughs> as Chris will say, sometimes she goes into bossy mode. <laughs> but I, I think this is where we have My to wife stop. does that. Yeah. Well, I think we have to stop and remember that, you know, I... I you know, I was brought up in England, and um, one of the things—and I'm hopefully it, it was a worldwide thing—that in my growing up, we opened the door for strangers. We gave up the seat on public transport for somebody that was older or somebody that was pregnant or with young children. Uh, you helped the old lady across the road. You know, those kind of things. You would go and you know um, sweep somebody's pathway down if there was snow on it, without even being asked. It was just something that was done it was a kind response and uh, you know this is maybe giving us all that opportunity because we have got busy we have got disconnected from community and i talk about community It can be family it can be friends it can be the neighborhood we live in and get back to that, you know, in the old days, when I watched some of the movies back in the, uh, the cowboy days, or those very early um, days when people, they would have, what was it, barn raising, where everybody in the community would come over and help build a barn. And people would bring food, and then there would be a celebration and things like that. Maybe I'm just seeing the movies that made it all look so pretty and sweet. But You know, that was something to me. I thought, this is so beautiful that a whole community can go get together and help restore or build something.
0: Well, I think some of that's coming back. You know, it's unfortunate we're having a pandemic and, you know, I have empathy with the individuals that are affected by it throughout the Mm -hmm. world, actually. But yes, and I think that's where, maybe that's where angels come in too.
1: I think so too. Uh, it's, it's, It's funny because when... I, um, you know, think of angels. It's it's things that people do without expecting a reward or a recognition for. You know, uh, I call them the silent angels. The people to just do something, they don't have an expectation. You know, to to be uh, honoured or rewarded. They, it, they just it happens behind the scenes. Like somebody that uh, picks up the. The garbage off of somebody's lawn, or picked it up off the street. They they're not looking for recognition. They just want to make that community beautiful. And you know that's something we tend to forget.
0: I I agree with that. I think that um, people need to open their eyes to the fact that they can be a human. In being human is being compassionate. So from that perspective, I know that um, in this world, uh, whether you are religious or whether or not you are spiritual, there are. The possibility of actual angels and demons that exist in this world. Yeah. Do you do you believe in
1: that? Well, I I do. You know, and I always say to people, whether they believe it or not, you know, if they believe there are angels, and and everything has a flip side. <laughs> so if there are angels on one side of that coin, then there's, there's demons on the other, and dependent upon culture, upbringing, programming, or belief system, his and of course history is refractive ain't ref- reflected angels as good, coming down from the heavens, bearing glad tidings, you know, the glory be to God on high, choir of angels kind of thing. And what we forget is that in the the Bible, the other side, the demons, if if you like, were were termed as fallen angels. That was what uh, Lucifer in the Christian faith, I think it was, in the Bible, determined him as a fallen angel because he rebelled against God. And so he was cast out of heaven, hence the label demon. You know, this is, you know, the part that comes in. And of course, there's many other names, horn, God, devil, Satan. You know, there are completely uh, infinite possibilities on that.
0: Now, in regard to that, so earlier you had mentioned something about regardless of your spiritual or religious beliefs. Do you, how do you personally feel about angels? Do you think that they exist and do you think they interact with human beings on on a regular basis?
1: Well, I would, I truly believe we all have a guardian angel. So I will start there because that's something that is within my, my realms of, I know this exists. And of course people say, oh, but you know. I'm not psychic or anything like that. We all do have, if you like to call it, psychic abilities that are there. And I call it our guardian angel that reminds us sometimes, oh, I haven't phoned so-and-so. Or we'll think of a person or something out of the blue. It, you know, we might hear a song or we happen to walk past somewhere and all of a sudden we see an image or something and it, it reflects us back to a particular person. And I always call those like angel whispers. They're just trying to remind us, you know, check in on that person. And, you know, some people go, yeah, but it may mean that something really bad's happening. It may not. <laughs> it may just mean check in on them. Maybe they haven't heard from you in a while and they would like to hear from you.
0: Do you think that's an inner, like an inner guardian angel? Do you think that's an outward, um, I won't say physical manifestation, yes. but theoretically physical manifestation, I guess, uh, sure. theoretical
1: I believe, and my, my, my sort of process in what I believe is that we all have a guardian angel that looks after us, takes us away from something, whether that's an inner part of us or a manifestation in uh, the Bible that gives us, you know, infinite, glorious being or not. I believe that we have angels around us all the time. They send us messages, they send us gifts, they uh, are constantly communicating with us if we're open and ready to receive. And that is the big thing, um, you know, I always say to people, you know, because they said, well, this never happens to me. I don't I don't hear from, you know, an angel or something like that. I say, but, you know, you said you've got a feather left on your your doorstep or all of a sudden you saw a a bluebird flying in the sky. You happened to notice that at that moment. So I'll I'll sort of explain a little bit so that it puts it into what I call human terms with people, with angels and messages that we get delivered. I was out for a walk and I was contemplating some things that I was not able to understand to do with what was going on at the moment. So in my humanist. I was, there were lots of questions that were coming up and things like that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go out for a walk. I'm going to sit for a while and meditate and things like that. Well, during that walk, I got given four gifts. The first gift was a tiny little feather and the little barbs on it were all torn up and, but it was sitting there in the grass, like sort of waving itself at me, pick me up. So I picked it up and I straightened them out and I, um, it, went back into a beautiful feather. And that to me was a reminder that we can be small and insignificant, and we can be um, not perfect, but we all have that perfection within us. Continued on, and then I happened to look up and I saw we have a uh, cooper hawks where we live. This cooper hawk being um, chased by this very, very small bird. And I thought, wow, there's this huge bird that can basically, with a flap of its wing, remove that tiny little bird out of the sky. And yet this small bird is pushing and pushing and pushing. And it was obviously trying to take, uh, make the cooper hawk move away from its nest. But that reminded me that we can feel small and insignificant, but we do have power within us. And then my uh, third gift, I actually got a sea... The seagull feather. We have lots of seagulls around here. And again, so when we start to interpret the messages we get, it gives us the answer. So, yes, I felt that was heaven sent, angel sent, or whatever the definition, but we need to uh, be the decoder of those. You know, uh, sometimes it can be as simple as a particular song that reminds me of my dad or somebody that, you know, I grew up with. And there when we can follow through and actually pick up the phone and do that. So whether that's an incarnation of this glorious outward being that just arrives at our doorstep or not, or whether it's something inside of us that jolts us to remind us. I don't know. I love to think of them that they're guardian angels that you know I'm I'm never guided in the wrong direction. And I think that's especially at the moment, people go, well, where are all the angels? Well, they're there. Just take some time to sit and connect with them because they are there. And you know, what I love about angels and demons, especially with Hollywood. <laughs> We have these images created for us based on the infinite ability of the person um, and what they want to, uh, you know, sort of share with us. And, of course, in the kind of work I've done, you know, several people have said, well, you're the devil. How can you know these things? What you do is evil. And I very I do not think of myself as an evil person at all. they Uh, said this to you? Oh, yes, I've had people say the work you do is evil. It's against God's will and all those kind of, oh, come on. Um, You know, many of, uh, you know, I've gone to uh, in Canada and England, I've been at metaphysical fairs where I'm I'm doing my work as a medium. And, you know, there's been people protesting outside from a a local church or something like that, telling people not to go in there because they're going to be this, that and the other. And whatever their belief system is sharing with them, and you know, shouted out, "You know, you're evil and you know, and so again, I you know, when I have that happened to me, and it has happened a few times, and you know, sometimes when I've been talking to somebody in the you know, say, what do you do? and i'm I'm open with what i I'm a clairvoyant medium, or well, that's evil you're going against God's will. And I'm going, well, why would that be against God's will? If God is within all of us and we are the image of God, how can what I do be against that? And Jesus was a seer. So, you know, and I don't like to thrust things in people's faces, but I try to offer them the opportunity to reflect on both sides to for a moment. But as we all know, some people are so... Um, caught up in the programming that they've received and I'm not saying it's good or bad but you know like anything you know if I grew up saying you know and I, I learned that the color green was bad and anything green I had to destroy or get rid of or whatever because that's been programmed into me it wouldn't be right or wrong it would just be that's what I've been taught that's what I believe because of everybody else so it's not right or wrong. It's just a different perspective. And I grew up in a Christian background. So (laughs) you know, I went to church, I went to Sunday school as a child, you know, all of those kind of things. But I think I was one of those that was always questioning. But why would this happen? Or why did that happen? (laughs) And of course, being the precocious child that would say things to people out of context, it wasn't always appreciated. So and sort of stepping into angels. See, in our, I I think it's more uh, religion than anything, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, that angels are benevolent, they're good, they're kind, they're caring, compassionate, whereas demons are malevolent. They're spiteful, wicked, and nasty. And,
0: well, and, and I think that's the perception that's played upon us for centuries, both in written word as well as like on TV or within, within the religious world world yes. whether you know the majority of uh, of uh, religions mm-hmm. and I'm not discounting any religion because I've experienced no. many of them myself I grew up catholic I'm no longer practicing catholic but I've been to protestant churches I've been to mm-hmm. presbyterian and, and nazarene and a multitude of different religions. I've also explored Buddhism and Zen and Hindi and, mm-hmm. and other philosophies and things like this. So in regard to that, yes, a picture is painted within these religions that then express to the to the flock, so mm-hmm. to speak, that this is what it is. You know, if you are good and you're a good boy or a little good girl, then you do all the right things and you go to heaven and you see an angel up there. But in some religions, there's no more than just the archangels. And that's it. There's nothing else. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, and if you're yeah. bad, yeah, then you're going to hell and you're going to see Satan and you're going to see the demons down there who are going to yeah. claw and chew you up for the rest of your eternity.
1: Yeah. so but It's it, you a know, bit like the boogeyman that, you know, if you don't go to bed or do something, the boogeyman's going to come and get you. So I suppose it's on the boogeyman principle. And if, if we look at just, I think there are... Four main ones mentioned in Christianity, Archangel Gabriel, which he's known as God's strength. You know, that was a great messenger, the one that came to uh, tell everybody, you know, the the birth of Christ and so forth. And then you've got Archangel Michael, and he's a great defender. He's a protector. Uh, Archangel Raphael, he's the healer. Uh, Uriel. And, of course, they all carried swords. So if they all carried swords, what was that about? You know, that was was always my question in church, you know, but if they're angels, why do they need a sword?
0: Why are they carrying swords? (laughs) That's a very good question.
1: But but it was one of of the questions that that came up. And of course, it was like, don't ask silly questions, (laughs) Charles, because... I wanted to know, you know, I thought it was cool that they carried a sword, you know, like, could we have a sword? You know, can we become angels and have swords? But I think the 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 big thing that we all forget is that within each of us, there is the good and there is the not so good. And depending upon, you know, I can have bad days where I could really do some nasty stuff if I wanted to. Right. <laughs> I, I stop you know, I can say a nasty word to somebody or something like that. And usually afterwards, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or I should have dealt with that differently. I'm human. I always say to people, you know, <laughs> I am totally human. I'm here in a spiritual way. But, you know, there are some things that get me to the the wanting to use the, if you know, ethereal F word or whatever that we do. Because that's a human part of us. But we have within us that good and the bad. Um, and you know, uh, I, I love there was a, I think it was a Indian uh, proverb or parable that basically was, you know, the grandfather talking to his young grandson and talking about the two walls that reside within us, you know, there's a the good one, and there's the evil one. And uh, the grandson in the end sort of saying, so which one wins? And I love it, because it's the one we feed the most. And we have that option every single day to be good or not good
0: well exactly i think that um within ourselves we can and that may be where the um you know like in the old cartoons we used to see the devil on one shoulder and the mm-hmm. angel on the other angel shoulder the and other. the angel trying to tell you to do the right thing and the devil's going no 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 no, do this oh. kind of situation <laughs> but we all have a choice and and you have a choice to do the right thing or do the wrong thing and yeah. obviously you know you don't have to be You don't have to be educated. You don't have to have a doctorate or master's degree or bachelor's degree. You don't even have to have a high school diploma to understand what is the right thing to do, what's the moral thing to do, what's the ethical thing to do. So from that perspective, I agree with you. We all have that within ourselves. And I think that way, from then, from that perspective— we, we all kind of have a little bit of angel and demon within oh, okay. ourselves, if that's what you mean.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes we need to have that little bit of demon within us. You know, sometimes there's a need for it, that we need to have, if you like, the tenacity to stand up to somebody. You know, I my my son, bless him, when he was growing up, he had um, special needs. And so he was at a, a what was deemed as a special needs school. But here's were more that he had dyslexia. He couldn't quite fathom some of the, you know, the alphabet and stuff like that. But there were some mean kids even in those situations. And my son would constantly, well, not constantly, be in trouble. And I would get a call from the school saying, you better come down because your son has been in a fight or something like that. And he was always what I call the defender. So if you see that as being the demon, because he stood up to a bully and punched the bully on the nose, that badness coming out within him, as I said, you know, I would listen to the school and we would go through the whole thing. And then he would come outside and I said, you did the right thing. I know that because your heart was in the right place. You were And he would, you know, say, well, it was because this person was pushing this person around or whatever, or bullying in some form or another. And I'd say, yeah. And he said, but some people you can't just speak to. He said, they don't care. They'll just keep pushing. And he said, it was either me or the other kid that was going to pull the first punch. And he said, you always told me if you're going to do something, do it well. (laughs) So maybe that is sometimes that we need that in there, that we stand up against something or stand up to the bully. You know, we've got the David and Goliath situation in the Bible. Now, I don't think he was classed as evil because of what he did. He downed the 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 great one, if you like, the the powerful being. And I I think this is where we need to. I always say to people, it's all about perspective as well.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. Do you do you think that these gifts that you had seen on your walk, for example, the messages that you had received, um, do you think that's the only way that um, an angel can speak to us is through these kind of messages?
1: Uh, They can. Uh, They can contact us in Dream State. A lot of um, messages we get, and I always say to people, this is where we have to be our decoder. Uh, Because, you know, especially uh, for me, every night, I go to bed in, and say my prayers in gratitude. I'm always thankful for all the things that have happened during the day. I'm you know, thankful even if the guy that cut me off didn't quite hit my car or you know, the person that took the last packet of toilet paper off the shelf, maybe they needed it better than I can and I can utilize something else. So I'm thankful for everything. And that's at the point when we're saying our prayers, if you like, our, our thanks. that so we communicate that we need help with something It may be healing for somebody or it may be, can you help me with this particular situation that's going on in my family at the moment or with a friend or this or whatever. So spirit, I always say, in the broadest sense of the word, which combines all our angels, our helpers, our guides and our ancestors within that, they try to help us because they want to. They're there in pure love. There is no agenda. There is no... Um, time essence or anything like that. So they'll try and do the best they can for us. And then within our, uh, sometimes we have a dream or the next day we wake up and we happen to see something or hear something, that's a way that they'll communicate. You know, I've heard people say that they've thought of their dad that's passed into spirit and then all of a sudden the light will start flickering and they say, do you think that was him communicating with me? And the first thing I always say to people when something like that happens, to you say is that you dad if that's who you're trying to communicate with because it's like if I was to meet you in the street and I you know I I I wasn't quite sure if it was you and you were calling out to me go is that you Michael (laughs) so it's a connection and I think this is where we tend to put spirit in a different format um, or a different realm to what we communicate with and i always say to people they're there to help us every step of the way and you know we just need to ask for help that's why prayers were um given to us to say our prayers at night
0: well that's that you brought up a few minutes ago when you were talking about ancestors and the other side tell me a little bit about the other side and how how that plays into our yeah existence
1: well i have to i do have to say that um the other side heaven the spiritual realms or whatever you call it yes there are good and bad just like there are good and bad here and so when somebody dies they don't become an automatic angelic being they they go through a process and you know in uh christianity when i was growing up it was you know um we sit at the feet of god and we um com- uh, confess our sins and then everything is cleared. Well. I believe it uh, as that we sit and we sit and look at a reflection of ourselves, because if we're all made in the image of God, that's who's going to be looking at us. So uh, it's deemed in the Bible as something different, that we sit there and we go through our life. We uh, review it, if you like. Uh, some of the great things we did, some of the not so great things we did. And at that point, it's not a case of you did bad or you did good, but it's a case of Were you in awareness of this particular situation? Because my belief is that we are brought here in this incarnation to earth to be who we are, to experience the pain, the emotions, the love, the joy, and everything else combined. Because in spirit, we become pure love. We don't have an agenda. We don't have... um, uh, things that we have to achieve. We're just there as a collective in love. That's why when um, uh, religions depict the Bible, there's this glorious garden there. There's this beautiful streams and everything. That is the peace, the joy. And, you know, people uh, in, in, their, in the same scenarios depict, you know, hell as being this firing inferno. But I believe that heaven and hell exist here on earth Depending upon how we interact with it, you know, we can be in our own living hell right here in any moment if we do choose to do so. Whereas we can be in heaven, we can be in joy, we can be in love, we can be in compassion and all of those things. So I love, um, you know, because... In in the Bible, there are the depictions of Jesus and archangels and so forth always have this beautiful halo around their head. Well, if you look in and you you've uh, discu- you've uh, researched and followed different religions as well, that in um, in Buddhism that when they talk about the um, auric field that goes around us, that is the same. This beautiful light that comes around our body and so then we're all angelic we just have to remember that from time to time i'm not saying this is the written word and this is the only way but this is the way i believe it
0: in your experiences do you think that the possibility or uh, has presented itself where we as humans when we pass on in this life that do you feel that we each time we pass that we have that we're we come back and that we're learning and each time we have to come back and learn that it takes us at a higher level to that to that ultimate understanding or ultimate you know relaxation the ultimate heaven yeah. the ultimate place for peace and love or do you think that once we pass on then that's it?
1: Well, I do believe that we reincarnate and just to be in awareness uh, again, this is my my feeling on it that. Uh, It's a bit like tuning in, you know, um, when we are in spirit, it's like tuning into a radio station. Which one am I going to tune into today? And maybe that's the life I want to do. So there's no higher or lower levels. It's just the experience. So whether I came back this time to be a clairvoyant medium and then next time, maybe I'm going to, I don't know, be. A prostitute or something like that. I'm, I'm I'm giving an extreme here, and I'm not saying one is better than or less than. They're just experiences. Maybe that on my list of things that I still want to feel, to experience, to embrace during a lifetime is you know I want to be rich. I want to be uh, born in Ghana. I want to you know so there's all these different what is it little check boxes as I I I like to see it that you know there are different options available to me? Now, Did I understand love this time around? Maybe not. Maybe I've got to come back and do it again. You know, did I understand compassion? Did I understand the difference between this or that? You know, I I feel it's like an infinite uh, uh, roulette wheel that gives us many different opportunities to decide on what we want to experience. And they're not better than or Less than I, you know, people talk about us reaching this uh, level of achievement and uh, coming back time after time. I think that is what we uh, we achieve within our lifetime. You know, uh, people talk about ascending to uh, certain levels and therefore you're higher than somebody else. And I always say, no, I'm just tuned into a different radio station. That's it. I'm just tuned into what is working for me in this incarnation, in this lifetime, and that is it, you know, because so hopefully that doesn't confuse anybody. It just gives you a broader way of looking at this. Because I think some people assume it's a higher level or a lower level, and it's not. It's just a vibration, a different frequency, if you like.
0: So do you think our consciousness and our soul intermix are are as one in are the infinite?
1: Yes. In the perspective of our, our soul is always who we are now. In one incarnation, I was a man. In another, I was a woman. And now, you know, So there's different perspectives, but that uh, consciousness that is me travels with me because that, I always say, is a bit like having a toolbox, that toolbox has all these different experiences that I can pull on, you know, there are the situations that have happened in this lifetime with me, like, I had a fear of needles, how could I have a fear of needles, that, you know, would make me so um, hypersensitive to having vaccinations and things like that, or going to have the, you know, blood taken from me, and it was such a a reactionary thing that when um Chris worked with me and we went back into an incarnation and then when I realized okay that's attached to there. I've never had a problem going to take blood, you know, having blood taken or anything like. It's not a great experience, of course. Nobody likes to have a needle jabbed in them at all. But, you know, I had very adverse reactions to it. And, of course, growing up, as my name was Anderson. So I was an A, one of the first kids to get taken into the nurse's office to get the jab in your arm. And I was always the one carried out on the stretcher, which Gave everybody else the scary. So they used to make me go very last. So, you know, how could I have that kind of um, reaction to something? Just as some people go to a certain country and they're like, I don't like being here or I feel this is home and they've never been there before. Or, you know, (coughs) they're attracted to a certain thing or not another thing. That's our consciousness of things that have been brought forward, good and bad, happy and sad, and everything mixed in between.
0: This works. I think I like that concept. I like the idea of that. So when you, let's talk a little bit about you talking with the other side. So when you, when you have talked to somebody or some, you know, someone from the other side.
1: Sort of in answer to the question of how, how do I communicate? The one thing that I want to emphasize is that my sole purpose, when I communicate with somebody that has passed into spirit on behalf of somebody is to prove that life does go on after we go into the grave. And usually, a lot of people when they come to me, they're wanting closure. You know, they're like, we send somebody across the, the other side of the world on a plane, and we know there's nobody there to meet them, or like, is there gonna be somebody there to meet them? This is a new place, they've never been there before, I hope they get to where their destination is safely. And that is all a lot of people want to know. Did I do right? Was that the right thing? Were they the right flowers? You know, I'm sorry I wasn't, you know, a lot of people say, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you at the end. Like, you know, some people uh, don't get to say goodbye. And they're all the things that is the humanness part of us that we want to have closure and yeah, of course, can, you know, I, the people, I've had people say, you know, where did mum hide the will and things like that. So, <laughs> you know, I have oh, yeah.
0: Here's the money? Show me the money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did actually help somebody uh, with that many years ago because they had said that there was um, divide in the actual family. And the person that came to me said, I know that there was a second, there was another will because mum talked about it. And so i was able to guide them and they said that they did find what it was but it still didn't give them what they needed because it was only like a handwritten letter so it wasn't um you know a yeah i always say to people make sure you got your will very well defined and done regardless of how old you are you know don't assume you're going to die when you're 80 or 90 or 200 you you know When I, what I always say to people, when the the bullet that has my name on it arrives at my doorstep, I want to make sure I'm prepared for everything that I can. So, you know, uh, that's the important thing. So, but yes, there are some funny experiences that I've had, which I I love. That's all part of this whole game. I I call it a game because, you know, it's what I do and, you know, I'm not um, dismissing what I do because I feel very, very blessed. But it is like a game because I have no idea. You know, people say to me, it's not like a job that you go into and I'm going to uh, do this today and that today. When somebody comes to me for a reading or that kind of thing, I have no idea how that's going to transpire. I just do my part beforehand, like my preparation. And then uh, I turn up and I'm present in that intention of uh, trying to get the best information I can for that person.
0: When's the first time that um, Spirit spoke to you?
1: Well, it wasn't a very great experience, I have to say. I was four years of age. Uh, my parents were going through a divorce, and I was born in 1957. And at the age of four, my twin brothers and I and my mom all went to live with my grandparents. And my grandparents uh, were not the kind of people that were used to having small, noisy children around. And, of course, we went to bed six or seven o'clock at night and then that was it darkened room and I was actually sharing a bedroom with my mom and this one particular night the the room lit up and I assumed it was my mom coming into bed you know when the light was on and I sort of sat up in bed and I could see these little ethereal beings light beings sitting on the end of the bed and of course the first thing I thought was mom you know <laughs> I didn't know what they were so you know mom came up and said oh you're having a night go back to sleep they tried that a couple of times and then After that, it became uh, a communication of what I deemed as my imaginary friend. I would be sitting there with my dolls and having tea and talking to um, my dolls or whatever, assuming that it was okay. It was a natural thing. So the communications at the beginning were more of, you know, now with what I know since then is that it was somebody just there to say hey is it going to be okay kid you know so you're here with grandparents and it's all different and all the rest of it but it's going to turn out it's okay we're just here to reassure you and to obviously open that little portal for me and you know I would say precocious things or question things at church and you know like why they all got swords and things like that and if I just they have swords, you know, just get on with it. You know, why does that one have a halo like this on that one? You know? So I would be there constantly questioning because I wanted to know, I wasn't trying to, um, you know, go against everything (laughs) until I got older and then I really questioned. So, uh, you know, that was my first experience. And as I say, wasn't the best, uh, when I was in my teenage years, uh, you know, people were used to me playing with tarot cards and things like that. I had a tarot deck and I would do readings for people and see things. But I was on a bus coming home from school one day on the double top of the level of the double decker bus. And I sort of stood up and shouted, look, look, there's Jesus down there. Now, come on, be serious here. Like, If you were on a bus and somebody jumped up and did that, what are you going to do? You're going to back away. It's a natural thing that people do. And I'm not talking about in our situation at the moment, but if anybody is like, oh, my God, Cooksville kind of thing, you know. And of course, I sat down feeling very embarrassed and sort of like, did nobody else see it? And I think for me, that was my first realization that nobody saw what I saw which ended up me being taken to a psychiatrist in the UK uh, in in the 60s. And they were never good experiences. And, you know, you would end up in a nice little white coat hugging yourself in a padded room. So uh, I was quickly told by spirit, you know, just tell him you made it all up. Because otherwise I would be classed as psychotic, which maybe I am. <laughs> And so, and of course, my mom just thought I was a teenager trying to get attention, and I got into car, car with that as too. So, <laughs> they weren't great experiences at the beginning when I would get this information. But I would always share things or ask questions based on, you know, that uh, part of me. That's like, so why is this happening, or what did that do, or did you know this, or things like that, and. I think today we're in a in a better environment. I think as far as uh, we're more open and expansive. That children, when they say these things, I always say to parents, just shut up and listen because you might actually learn something. When the child is being precocious, or you know, kids have said, you know, I I I I was speaking to this man in you know my bedroom or whatever, and then they you know um, go and um, I, I think the movie. Um, what was it, something, heaven um, is a place on earth or something like that where the little um, child could see the grandparent and had no uh, knowledge of that particular person until they were actually shown a photograph and confirmed it. So children do see, usually up to about the age of seven or eight because they're, they're, um, they're still very connected with spirit, they're very much in that whole um, openness and that's why you see little babies when when they're uh, you know sitting there laughing or smiling at the, at something that isn't there or even cats and dogs looking at the door and you're like there's nobody there but they're seeing something that we're not seeing because they're more perceptive than we are so uh i i think with uh, experience with the spirit we all get the opportunities but children are are more open and uh I think more connected to spirit because they're not caught in until they get to about eight, nine, when they start to get into the very much mundane, you know, focusing on this and that. And so,
0: you know, I think the parents and the people around them also kind of discourage mm -hmm. that saying you've got, again, an imaginary friend, or you've, you know, you shouldn't talk like this way, or, you know, this is, what are you doing? This is wrong. Don't do that. Yes. So it starts getting indoctrinated into them and they kind of lose that ability. Um, And some
1: kids just switch it off for a little while and then it comes back later on. Cause you know, I always say to everybody, you're born psychic. You have those abilities. You've just got to reopen them up when you're ready or if you want to, you know, we can do that through meditation we can do that through uh, what I call quiet contemplation, whether you call it prayer or whatever, you know, I would say, you know, when we connect to the source, it's usually in silence or solitude or in intention of wanting to be open. And that's why sometimes in sleep state, as I said earlier on, that spirit can come through and communicate with us because we're not in our busyness, we've not got our pinging tinging phones going on or distractions and you know all the other day-to-day human things that is' expected of us, and that's okay too.
0: yeah, my wife, my wife, for the longest time, um she'd we'd be in bed. And she would be just barely asleep, mm-hmm. and then she would she would say, "Stop, stop talking." My wife was hearing yeah, people but- trying to talk to her and trying to give her messages. and she was at first she was kind of scared about it, and she was kind of nervous because and it woke her up mm-hmm. because she didn't understand it. She didn't understand what was going on with it. And then as she as she started to understand more of what was happening, okay, she kind of finally started saying, "Look, can you." go away for now. Mm-hmm. Go away for now. Go away for now. I can't deal with this right now. I can't talk to you right now. And so that that was probably a year ago. And so much has transpired through all this now, and especially the talks that I've been having. Now she goes to bed wanting that to happen. And, it. and it, it doesn't occurred yet, but she goes to bed wanting that to happen because she went, now I recognize what that was. It wasn't. You know, just wasn't crazy. It wasn't just voices. It was literally somebody trying to come through from the other side. And she said, it was one more than one. One thing
1: the that you can try and always say to people is ask a question on something. And when that's just before she's going to bed, you know, this is where we can ask for help, we can ask for healing, we can ask for guidance. Uh, We can ask, say to spirit, I'm ready and I want to be open to this. So these are opportunities that we get um, by asking because spirit cannot overbear and make us do something. That's why when we get the little angel whispers, as I call them, it's just an idea. And if we don't follow through with it, yeah, they'll keep whispering. (laughs) And then eventually they'll stop because they're like, "Okay, you're not wanting to do this. It's like asking a child to clean up a room you know, we'll try different ways in which we can get them to clean that room. And sometimes nothing works. So we either give up (laughs) or we try again something. So this is, this is like spirit, they're there to help us, but they can't impose when we ask for help. They will definitely try and help us, but we can't have an expectation. It's like, we want it in that nanosecond, I want fries with that kind of thing. And that's where we live in this very much. uh We we want it and we get it. You know, again, I grew up in uh, when I was married to my first husband, you know, we couldn't afford things. So we would wait until we'd saved up enough money before we could actually buy that item. And that was how, you know, we didn't have the ability. Right. Uh, There weren't credit cards and and, and things like that because of the money that he was making or we were making between us. So uh, whereas today we have credit so we can immediately have what we need so we don't go through that process. And I think this is where we live in that instantaneous world that, well, if I've asked spirit for this, why can't they just give it to me? well they can work on it but maybe that alignment or that timing is not right for you just like when somebody's going and they say well you know why didn't i get that house or why didn't i get that job or why didn't that relationship work out there are so many other um factors that are within that And, you know, I always, that's why I always say to people, be really careful what you wish for, because you actually might get it. And then there's no going back from it. So maybe that was the first relationship with the experience to know what you didn't want in life. Or that was the first experience to you to realize that that was the guy or the girl or whoever. And they got away because of whatever you were going on, whatever was going on in your life at that particular time. So, you know, I do believe that there are no mistakes. We don't make a mistake. And when we understand that, that we're given opportunities uh, to do things, to to experience things. And that's what it's about. And when we understand we're not in the wrong place at the wrong time, why didn't I get this? Or why didn't that happen? I love the movie. Uh, It was with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow many years ago called Sliding Doors. And I use this a lot because I say to people, if you get an opportunity to watch that movie, you'll see that she goes out this way through the sliding doors and this happens. And then they bring out another scenario where she goes out this side of the the doors and that happens. But there are times when those pathways cross. So if we were meant to do something and at that particular time, We didn't, for whatever reason, that pathway we were moved off and, you know, we got pregnant and had a child and therefore I couldn't complete my PhD or whatever. If that's meant to happen, that pathway will open up again for us later on when we're ready for it. So there's never a mistake. There's never a a wrong turn. We just, you know, uh, we're in, you know, we think people be in that particular moment experiencing what it is. And if it's something you didn't enjoy, then okay, you've made a you've made a conscious decision. I'm, I didn't enjoy that. I'm not going to do it again. Like you know, I've been on a ride at um, you know one of the uh, the uh, Disney ones, and you know there were certain rides. There was, and I'm never going to go on them again. And others, I could go on it again and again and again. So we make that conscious decision, and I think that's where we need to be in awareness of there are no mistakes. There are just opportunities.
0: Well, in in regard to that opportunity, tell me a little bit about what you have to offer people.
1: Well, there's quite a multitude. I always say to people, uh, if you go to my website, which is the easiest platform to go to, um, that's vibrational-energy.com. You can sign up for my free newsletter and there's a downloadable meditation. You can listen to my weekly readings. You can purchase my uh, oracle and affirmation decks. You can book a reading with me. You can learn, you know, join me on Facebook and social media and those kind of things. Uh, I offer teachings as online courses, that kind of thing. So just go to my website because otherwise, it it's too much. You just go there, and it says it's a landing page. It's got meditations on there and that kind of thing. So,
0: do you believe that meditation is a way that we can communicate with either our higher selves, a, a higher level of consciousness, and or the other side?
1: I do, but I don't believe it's the only way.
0: Do you think meditation serves a positive purpose?
1: Absolutely, it's a great stress buster. It really is, and. Um, sadly, meditation in some people's mindset is it's a um you know, like having to do the chores. Uh, it's it's a lot of work, and I'm not really good at it and things like that. And I always say to people, if you just go for a walk in nature, that's meditation in itself. Of course, don't take your pinging, tinging phone. If you lay on the grass and look up at the sky, whether it be nightfall or daytime, you've got the stars or you've got the clouds, Uh, you know, go and sit and listen to the waves lapping up on the shore. You know, go and put your feet in the water. Like There are so many different ways we can meditate. We just see them as we have to sit for 20 minutes in a a particular pose or position. And that's the only way. Yes, if you want to listen to a meditation. I always say to people, start off, if you're going to do something like that, don't set yourself up to fail. Set yourself up with a short five-minute meditation and then build on that and see what you get from it and keep a journal. You know, What did you see on that walk out in nature? What did you imagine or uh, connect with while you're looking at the clouds? I can remember doing that as a kid and doing it with my child, that we would just lay on the grass and look up at the clouds and the imagination just opens up with so many different possibilities. And that's all this is about, possibilities and the relaxation, the connection.
0: What do you think about dreams? Do you think we're contracted within our dreams?
1: I think dreams are a a roadmap that we need to decipher, a code, if you like. Uh, You know, because some people, and of course I always, initially if I've got things in a dream and the next day I sort of go, well, did I have cheese just before I went to bed? You know, did I watch a movie or did I read about this? So I I do what I call the decoding to start with in that and then put things aside. But after that, if I've done all that and yeah, okay, I'm getting all this information is we have to become our own decoder. Yes, there are dream books out there, but I always say to people, go and connect with what that means to you personally. You know, uh, sometimes it's like a Salvador Dali painting. There's a ballerina or a clock and a, and a tiger. Well, what do those three symbols mean to you? you know, is it about not having enough time, having to walk on tiptoe, Uh, you know, not being, um, you know, having to be ferocious or things like that. And of course, maybe a tiger means like being a kitten. (laughs) Maybe I have to be more softer. Maybe the clock is, I have plenty of time or things are timeless. And maybe the ballerina is just saying, okay, I have infinite possibilities here. When I stretch myself, to do other things. So that's what I see to people. Um, that's why sometimes people um, like using cards or they like using a pendulum or runes or any of the other tools that are there. Some people like scrying. Um, you know, there are so many infinite possibilities of how we can connect.
0: Now you've intrigued me. What is scrying?
1: Uh, scrying is actually... You you know when you see in, um, I think, Snow White, when she looks into the bowl and all these images come on the water? Nostradamus. So that, sorry?
0: Nostradamus did that.
1: Yes. You can use um, a painted glass. You can uh, use a glass crystal. All it is is just allowing to defocus a bit like when you know those uh, very popular at one time where the dots all the thousands of dots on a piece of paper which just look like dots and then when you allowed your eyes to focus and defocus you could see an image inside of it well that's what sc- basically that's what scrying is so there are so many different ways to do things you know and i always say not one size fits all so try them out and see what works for you
0: And then one last question, if I may, please. Well, second to the last question. (laughs) If someone wants to connect with someone from the other side on their own to maybe get closure, because they feel that they need to and they may not have the resources um, to do it another way. Do you have any suggestions?
1: Absolutely. Just before going to bed at night, PJ's on or not. Pinging, tinging, phones switched off, please. You can listen to a piece of meditation music or whatever. And... Have a photograph of them. You know, everybody has a photograph of somebody that they've loved and has passed on to spirit. And just hold that and look at them and have a conversation as if they were there with you. Uh, So you can, you know, say, hi, dad, you know, I really miss you or, you know, I hope you're doing okay and things like that. And then allow yourself to drift off to sleep. And during dream state, we can get, answers and images and as I say the next day maybe you get the feather left at your door or you see the bluebird going by or the dime. You know some people say I get dimes. That was something that my mum used to always put a dime in my in my pocket kind of thing to make sure I always had some money there. Or whatever it is maybe you'll hear a song or something like that and keep building on that and again if you have an expectation that in instantaneous I'll do it once and then I've got it done then please add some intention to it you know if if you're doing this for the first time and you've never done anything like this before and you don't meditate or any of the other practices then just keep trying this you've got nothing else to lose you're going to sleep anyway And, you know, I always say, ask for things in your prayers. If you need help with something, guidance with something, ask spirit for your help. If you want to call on somebody in particular or an archangel or your mom or great auntie Betty or whoever, then call upon them. Um, You know, the source, whoever you um, uh, religiously practice, God, Buddha, Allah, whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. That's what I always say to people because it's its an infinite possibilities on how we connect and it's just how we set our intention and what we want out of it.
0: Outstanding advice. Are there any parting words? Do you have anything that we may have missed or that um, you think is important that uh, people should know?
1: Well, live life in every single moment. You know, uh, our sole purpose, and people ask me this, is to... Be present to step in and be there, whether it's washing the dishes, whether it's playing with a child, whether it's, you know, doing whatever it is you're doing, be there and 100% present because that is the gift. And I, I, I know this has been played with so many times, but this is what we have. Be kind be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. We're so hard on ourselves. So hopefully that people will understand that. Say a kind word to yourself every day and practice in front of the mirror.
0: That's an excellent words of wisdom I think everybody should follow. Thank you very much for taking part. Thank you very much for sharing your journey. And I appreciate everything that you've helped uh, us to learn.
1: And I love what you're doing, Michael. So thank you for inviting me on board.
0: Much appreciated. This is a reminder. Our election is coming up for 2020. We are closing in on November and your vote counts. Please vote early. Ensure that your vote gets counted. If you vote in person, be careful. Take precautions, but vote. Our country and the soul of our democracy depends upon it. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening.
1: One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.